Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. My name is Paige Peck Baumert, and I'm joined here by my mother, Nicolene Peck. Hi, Mom. Hi. Well, today we are talking about almost everything about entitlement because we don't have enough time to cover everything about entitlement, you know? Just almost. Right, right. And there's so many different angles that could be taken with entitlement. And there's only so many that we can take in the short amount of time that we have. But we're going to talk about three different aspects of entitlement. Which is a And maybe people usually only think about one. Like people oftentimes think about, okay, people who think that they they deserve stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll touch on that, but there's two other things, two other ways that people act in entitled ways that we're going to talk about as well. And we're going to tell what to do about it. Yes. But first, as is tradition, we're going to talk about a family activity and mom, you have that for us today. What is our family activity? Yes. So our family has gotten into pickleball. I don't know (laughs) if you have done this sport yet, but it's so fun. So we happened to be visiting some friends last year and, and these friends are like in their seventies. Okay. <laughs> and they were like, Hey, come play pickleball with us. And we're like, Whoa. Okay. I mean, we've heard about this sport and, and we had some Canadian friends who were totally into it a number of years back who were like, Oh, let's play pickleball. And we're like, what is that? And I think maybe Spencer went to play one time, but he didn't really remember like what he was <laughs> doing or how to play. Anyway, and so we went to play with these friends and it was so fun. And they were like, it's the best sport ever because you don't have to run as far as in tennis, but it like has some of the elements of tennis, but then it's kind of like ping pong and tennis combined. And, and anyone can play like any age can play at this and be competitive because it, it is just really a, like an adaptable sport for almost any skill level. And so I was like, okay, I'm in then because I was the type of person, my husband was like tennis, I'm I'm not going to say pro because that means something, but like I (laughs) thought he was pro. Anyway, so he, he really is great at tennis. And when we were dating before we got married, he would go and do all these tournaments and stuff and he would win these things, you know, (laughs) trophies and whatever. I mean, he was good at tennis. And, and I remember one time for a date before we were getting married, he took me to play tennis (laughs) and he said, he said, well, we can do other things, I guess. Ah! <laughs> he like wow. gave up on me right at the beginning. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I had tennis lessons, but clearly I was a failure. Okay, um, but now we can play together with pickleball. Like pickleball, it works. It's so different. The ball's different. It's like a wiffle ball. It bounces, but not the same as a tennis ball. It's not as fast moving. It's not as painful when you get hit. That's nice. Um <laughs> You can play doubles, you can play singles, you serve like an underhanded type of a serve. Anyway, any child age can do this. It's so fun. And, you know, we only have one child at home now. We've just got Porter and we've been playing pickleball. And at least once a week, we're going out to play pickleball. And my husband and I are noticing it keeps us in shape and it's a lot of fun. But he's actually feeling like this is a fun thing to do with my parents. It's a sport that I can play and they can play and we can all have fun. So it's just such a fun social sport. And I've noticed 
that a lot of communities are ripping out those tennis courts and they're putting in pickleball courts. I mean, tennis still has its place and it's an awesome sport, but I'm just saying that pickleball, it just seems to be more universal. And it was invented in Canada, which explains why the first time <laughs> we ever heard about it was from some Canadian friends. And all I'm going to say is watch out for the kitchen. Don't go in the kitchen because you're not supposed to go in the kitchen. That is what? one of the rules. I know it doesn't make sense, right? That is one of the rules of pickleball. There's a place on the court called the kitchen and you can't go there <laughs> anyway so there you go but it's it's really fun it's a fun game so look into it um you can get a set of paddles and, and balls and stuff for pretty cheap of course my husband got so into it he decided to buy some really awesome ones so that makes it even more fun but there you go um, yeah, but it is just a fun, easy game to play and something you can kind of regularly do as a family. There you go. There's your fun family activity. I love that. I will be playing that when I come to see you guys next. <laughs> yes, we will definitely take you out to play it because it's a new thing that we're totally into. There's my pickleball plug. Okay, so as <laughs> always on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we look through the lens of self-government at every topic that we're going to be discussing in this podcast, we always say, okay, what is self-government? How does this apply to self-government? So self-government is when a person decides that they are ultimately responsible for controlling themselves, that nobody else is responsible for making them happy or sad, for making them obey or making them be bad or angry or any of those things. But that, that person says, I'm in control of me I've got to make a plan for my success and I've got to hold myself accountable. That's what it means to self-govern. And of course, on the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we focus a lot of our attention on children, but all of the principles apply to everybody across the mm -hmm. board, no matter the age, um, because people often wonder, how can I teach my children self-government? And of course, I have a website, teachingselfgovernment.com, which is really dedicated to that. So, But I think the biggest thing in teaching self-government is just to do it yourself. For sure. That is the biggest thing. I'm glad you said that because that is the message. In fact, when people come to my trainings or they watch my videos or things like that, they'll say, you know, I'm seeing that in order to teach my children self-government, I'm going to have to learn self-government. <laughs> and they'll say, wow. I know they say, you know, I think that I might be the worst one. <laughs> And they recognize that and, and good for them for being honest, because, mm -hmm. you know, you can't have self-government if you're staying in a place of lying. And you know what? You cannot conquer entitlement issues if you're dishonest either. Nope. So you have to be. Because then you're not governing honest. yourself. Exactly. Only on, on the people who are governing themselves are honest with themselves, which means that they fully acknowledge where the problem areas are and they take steps to fix them. So they don't keep them problem areas forever. They don't make excuses and they don't, you know, tell, say that somebody else did it to them or whatever. They just fix, mm -hmm. even if their problem was started in a bad way by an abusive person or something like that, which obviously is never a good thing. Right. All right. So let's talk about entitlement then. Let's, when we think what is entitlement, Paige, how would you describe entitlement just off the cuff? If I were to say, what is entitlement to you? I mean, we're not pulling out the Webster's. We could, but what do you I love think? Webster's. But according to me, entitlement means that you feel obligated to something or someone or some service. 
maybe not obligated because that would be more like duty, but probably True. what you're, you're saying that you feel like someone owes you something. There you go. They're That's obligated the one. To you that, that some service you deserve. Mm-hmm. You deserve. In fact, a lot of people use that word when, when you, you know, when somebody's feeling entitled because they say, well, I deserve this. I mm-hmm. deserve, you know, I put in time. I deserve this. It's my time. I need to get my due. And it's all about them. Ooh, that is a really big thing. Yeah, <laughs> it is all about them. So, and that, so that's a big part of entitlement is when somebody is entitled, they are very um, self-focused. Is that, is there a thing called it's self-opic? Like uh, everything is about yourself. I can only see me. And I can only see what I want and what I get. Yeah. Um, you know, that's when a person is entitled or in a state of being entitled, then that's where they're at. They're only thinking about themselves. So now mm-hmm. people can be, have entitlement issues, but not act entitled every minute of the day. It's true. Some people will have these moments where they're like, oh, well, I love that person. I love that child or I love my spouse. So I'm going to totally serve them and I'm going to make this food or I'm going to take them here or I'm going to help them, you know, do this, whatever it is, this project for school or whatever. And they'll be helpful. I feel like it flip flops though, because like once they're helpful, then they go, oh, I was so helpful. So now these people need to help me. Ooh, see, that's where the, the danger little trap because what happens is your brain starts feeling out feeling like now what do I get right now what am I going to get out of it who's going to do something for me when do I get my pampering mm-hmm. right so all of a sudden you start getting this feeling like well I did something good so now I need to be rewarded yeah and so I think that's another thing that leads toward entitlement right um and it's really easy right in the minute to to let your brain go into a place that it shouldn't go. Like even like, let's say I'm going to help you with a project for school. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's say you say, mom, Oh, help me with a project for school or something. And I say, Oh, okay. I love you. I'd be happy to help. It doesn't take more than the teeniest little adjustment in my brain to go, Oh, I want her to have the best project ever because I want her to think good things of me. I want people to think she's got the best mom ever because her project was the cutest. But I already or... do have the best mom ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> but that didn't come yeah. because you tried to please me on everything. <laughs> well, or, or all the neighbors impress all the neighbors because yeah. so when you start getting into that zone, you go into the selfish zone. Mm-hmm. And then you, then I could start even feeling like my daughter's entitled to the best I don't know what award for the best project or, you know, or whatever it happens to be because I wanted that, right? Because I put in all of that work to help her. So, you know, what happens is then it changes it. So now my condition of heart was not of service, not of duty, not about recognition of you. Uh Mm -hmm. Now it goes back to me. And that's where we get those soccer dads and those football dads and those dance moms who are like, no, my child serves the best. Yeah. Which is not bad to like support your child in something extracurricular, right? Like soccer or dance or whatever it happens to be or football, but you can get to the point where you get so emotionally invested in it that it becomes about you Mm -hmm. and you get out of it. And then all of a sudden you're entitled. And guess what? At that point, you shouldn't be very surprised if all of a sudden your child's entitled too. (laughs) Because it is a learned behavior. 
So if you have a child that you're like, they are so demanding and so entitled, they feel like they deserve everything. Then you have to ask yourself some key questions. You have to look at your own behaviors and say, do. okay, do I feel like I deserve things? Am I demanding? And it's, do I it complain be, if I don't get my way? Mm-hmm. It can be a very humbling and painful process. I know it, that's the thing, Paige. Every time we change ourselves, it hurts Ugh, every day. It hurts a little because it's on. Because if you're truly honest, it should hurt. But you know, if you make little changes, and we shouldn't every be afraid day, of that. Yeah, if you make little changes every day, it hurts way less than big changes all at once. True, but sometimes you're going to have some of each. It's you true. Know? Yeah, you. But that's but that's true. You should have have a. a like a work in progress. And I think that's what you're saying is like, is like little bit by little bit, get used to changing, right? Yeah, yeah. Get used to it again and again. And, and so if you get used to looking at yourself saying, Oh, whoa, that needs to be fixed. Oh, I made a mistake. I shouldn't have done <laughs> it that way. And if you get used to saying that and telling people, I'm so sorry, let me just fix that. You know, I'm, Oh, that was not the right. I was not charitable. I am so sorry. I was not charitable. And if a person gets in the habit of analyzing themselves and then calling themselves out when it was wrong and making a fix. Well, that's called self-government by the way. Um, (laughs) But but it's also charity and it's, it's having a, a a good condition of heart. It shows caring about others. It shows caring about what's right instead of just about yourself. And this is a sign of great character. So when you have a person who has a really formed character, a really good, mature character, a developed character, that person is not entitled. That person has usually, um, they have a sense of private virtue, public virtue, which means they're examining themselves, fixing themselves, and they're helping others all at the same time. And that was, you know, the mark of a a great person, a virtuous woman and a gentleman. Mm -hmm. Those were the marks, you know, back in the old days. And Um, And I, you know, I hate to, I don't like to be a, look how bad we've done, you know, person, because like in a lot of ways we're doing really good, but But but, we we have have fallen from that, (laughs) you know, like we, we really kind of congratulate each other on feeling selfish, you know, like like somebody online is like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. And they're like ripping somebody up, you know, and somebody's like, you go girl, you tell her, you know, it's like, oh my goodness. Um, What are we doing here? Mm -hmm. Why are we? ripping each other apart and saying good job you know like where did we become that wild where so that that would touch on one of the three ways of entitlement though and that's emotional entitlement totally and we have to get to that okay let we gotta we gotta go with the obvious first though okay so we we gotta do stuff yeah because when i think of an entitled person i see rich kid teenager with all the gadgets and parents who have no rules and all the money and will let him do whatever they want. Ah, ah, ah. But you know, I mean, as stereotypical as that might seem, (laughs) I got to tell you, I, so I've done a lot of work with the poor and, and Mm -hmm. I don't want to sound wrong at all, but there are certain people who are poor and humble and, you know, and who are middle-class and humble and who are wealthy and humble. And then there are some people who are poor and entitled. Oh, it's very who true. Are like, who are like, well, you know what? They have more than me. So I deserve what they have because mm-hmm. that's the only way to make things fair, right? Yeah, I know I've seen so, people who like live in a trailer park 
but they have these amazing TVs, these fancy cars, but they live in a trailer. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's, but there's some people who like, I used to go and help like do give them, you know, public assistance and stuff. And they would say like, we need someone to uh, buy us a new stove. We haven't had a stove for a long time. And literally there's a hole sitting there. Like I look over, <laughs> there's a hole, there's no stove. I'm like, Oh wow. That's a pretty big need. You know, like that's, that's pretty vital. Cause how do you cook food? Right. Mm-hmm. And but yet there is like a huge, like 60 inch flat screen in every room. And you're like, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> sell the TV, get the stove. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know? And, but yeah, you're right. So people like misprioritize. Mm-hmm. That's a priorities are problem. out of whack. Yeah. Mispri- and so, so really we can see entitlement at any socioeconomic, but you're it's right. True. There's kind of like the the cartoonish of what entitlement means, right? Or the, the media view of what entitlement is. Yeah, because and and what and what the media doesn't realize is that they're actually promoting entitlement in every class, mm-hmm. every single class of person. And I hate that we are even saying classes, but we all do know that there are classes. As much as we try to get rid of them, they do exist. Economic status, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Socioeconomic stuff. Okay, we know that you know people say oh the cookie cutter you know rich child who Mm -hmm. has everything under the sun and and whatever um but you know maybe some of that child's needs aren't actually getting met even though they have a whole bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. um and so you know you can't really put everybody in one in one basket i think we we need to just recognize that no matter where you're at economically um there's pride no matter Mm -hmm. where um you can you can be prideful. You can be looking up or looking down or looking to the left or looking to the right socioeconomically. And you can be judging somebody else and saying they have, so I deserve. Anyone can do that. So let's, you know, let's talk about this stuff because um, it really, this really becomes a problem when people have a higher standard of living. Okay. So in the United States and Canada and Europe and, you know, most of Western society, um, there's a pretty high standard of living, actually, mm-hmm. way higher than in, in past times. And the higher the standard of living goes, the more people want more stuff. And the more they feel like they deserve more stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. So you just have to remember that the more you have, the more entitlement you'll get in your society unless you're self-governed aha unless you recognize it yeah you call it out (laughs) and you decide i'm not being that Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be a different version of me or i'm gonna be i'm not going with that normal social trap you know some people have called entitlement a trap i think that's actually a really good term to use because Um, because actually we do see people regularly get trapped by entitlements, um, whether people are handing stuff out and then that gets, gives them, makes them accustomed to it or whether they are, you know, just thinking, Oh, I want, I want to do the best for my child or I want to, whatever it is. And then they get trapped into thinking that they deserve. And, and they even sometimes misspend, misprioritize their money and their time and everything because they're worried about that deserve thing. When in reality, that's not required for good child development, whatever that thing is usually. 
It's true. I mean, unless it's like, you know, like dinner, like maybe they do deserve <laughs> dinner. You, uh, you know, I mean, let me get down to that. I mean, there's like legitimate things that yeah. are like a massive need, like, right? So stuff. certainly not. It's called stuff. Yeah, I mean, children, there are kids that have sued their parents. Sorry, I don't like the word kids. So I'm sorry I said that. Sometimes, yeah, but when I, sometimes when I'm just like speaking inflammatory, (laughs) I say that word because it really is a derogatory term, you know, um, means goats. Anyway, (laughs) so, um, and, and in the Bible, Christ says he had his lambs on his right hand, his kids on his left. And like, I feel like, why would we be calling them that? But that doesn't mean I'm perfect at it. So there we go. Anyway, so um, so so we have. Huh, what was I even saying? I was talking. Uh, I just suit their talking. parents. Oh yeah, they sued their parents. So there there have been young people that have sued their parents because their parents took away their cell phone, or because their parents said they couldn't have a cell phone, or something like that, and. And they have, you know, sued their parents for all kinds of different things because the parents wouldn't give them what they wanted. And when we see stories like that, it's like, oh my goodness, what has happened to us? What has happened? Yeah, we still get shocked, but we're also like, well, that's pretty normal nowadays. Yeah. Which is sad. Yeah, yeah. So we need to just remember um, too many things being given leads to people starting to start wars over things. And it's ruining the families, mm-hmm. you know, and it leads to ultimately, ultimately the disempowerment of the individual. If you start giving too many things to someone and it's always a handout, a handout. Oh, it's, I got to make it fair. I got to make it fa- fair is one of those things that leads to entitlement. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair, 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 fair. And you go down that road and, oh, everybody's a winner. Okay. That leads to entitlement. Participation That's- award. Yeah, which I mean, it's not like it's so bad to do stuff like that. But but if if nobody can just learn to have good sportsmanship and lose sometimes, mm-hmm. then what's, if what's it comes to be expected, if it comes to be expected and then taken personally that it wasn't there, then that's a problem. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, we need to watch these things. But once we do that, the, then people don't ever try unless they feel like they're going to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. They don't There's even no do motivation anything. to be a good person or to do the right thing yeah oh mom you want me to do my chores well what are you gonna give me you know are you gonna give me money extra computer time and yeah, allowance you, exactly exactly they start making demands mm-hmm. when your children are making demands this is a sign that they might have been given too many things and and you did it just because you love them to death i'll never forget being at a home um there was a family i was doing a home study with and and the mother, she took away the computer system, like the Xbox and whatever it was. When I was there, she's like, I got to take that away. And I said, okay, you know, they're going to revolt. I, I want you to know that because they're really into this. And she said, I know. She said, but she said, but I thought I was doing something nice for them because they liked it. And now if I ever even tell them they can't play on it or they've lost their privilege to play on it or anything, they go wild. And she said, I thought I was being nice, but now I see giving them this thing to waste all their days was not nice. No, it was debilitating. Yeah, it was disempowering. Then they feel like they have to have something to be happy. And they're, and they're rooting their happiness in stuff. This is a problem. 
Mm-hmm. Big problem. Okay, so this this podcast is only almost everything about entitlement. It's not all <laughs> of it. So we got to move on. We got to move yes. on. Okay, so because we could, as you see, we could go down that vein, okay, for quite some time. <laughs> for a long time. Get your brain going, right? Get yeah, your so we've got entitlement to stuff. What's the yeah. next one? And what, 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 what else, Paige? What are, else are people entitled in, in another way that they're entitled? I would say another big one is a logical entitlement. Entitlement. Yes, that's a good one. So people think that everyone has to listen to their idea and that their idea is right because it was their idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is logical entitlement. Like, and oh, so I came up with this. So therefore is the best way to do this. Right. I am right. I have to be right. Right. And so yeah. lots of times you, people that you see having logical entitlement, you would call them strong-willed people, um, maybe kind of oppositional. Some people might say that they are, but it's this, this um, desire to say my ideas or the way I think about something is the only way. And, and because I had the idea, then I deserve because there's the entitlement part. I deserve for everybody to honor my idea as correct. And what we see in like the media and in advertising is the placating to this idea where they're saying, oh, well, if you think you be the real you, you, you do, do you. you. Exactly. You do what you want to do and it's right for you. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to make the peace with people who have logical entitlement. And we're saying, whatever you think is right, totally. You're so right. For you. For you. (laughs) (laughs) For me, no, but for you, yeah, go for it. Just remember that also (laughs) everything I think is right. Okay. For me. So, so instead of there being any kind of an authority really on what is right, wrong, good, bad, true, false, instead of there being any kind of authority or any supreme like person or being that can declare this is what's right. This is what's right. Instead, everyone has to be their own God, which means logically they can create their own universe however they want to. They can declare themselves to be whoever that they want to be, however they want to be. They can declare any behavior moral and just and fine. It means that logical deduction is no longer based in truth. Right. Right. And at the end of the day, nobody understands anybody else. So we might be saying, oh, well, yeah, that's, that's true to you. You do that for you. It seems like we're being kind and charitable, but at the end of the day, we like don't understand. No, because then other. people will do you and you'll know, be themselves and it ends up becoming this big mosh pit and mumbo jumbo soup of everyone doing their own thing. And then it contradicts everyone else. And then everyone gets in fights and disagreements and then, yeah. Well, if a society doesn't have basic morals in common, and so if they don't think the same things are right and the same things are wrong and stuff like that, if they don't share that in common, then the society is always going to be out for themselves. Mm-hmm. And they don't and, and they won't really care about what the other person thinks because it takes a lot of maturity to get to a place where you can say, I totally care 
about your different morals. I totally support them, even though for myself, I'm going to declare them as wrong. So we see, and it's possible, it is possible to be there. But what most people find themselves doing is instead of saying, instead of saying your morals are right, they say, I understand that's where you're coming from. And they'll take the time to listen. This is a, a mature person who's not entitled. They'll say, tell me about it. Tell me where you're coming from. Tell me what you think. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, let me tell you what I think. Now, if they say that and the entitled person or, or the, the logically entitled person starts fighting against them, then you know one person was entitled and one person wasn't. Yeah. And one yeah. person truly did want to know and understand and the other person didn't. And that's one good key indicator of a logically entitled person is they won't listen. Mm -hmm. So, and they think of themselves as the expert. And the sad thing is, is that, um, that that only leaves two kinds of people in society, the experts and the, -experts. And the people who need experts. Yeah. But if everyone's an expert, then no one needs an expert. Yeah. But there's a whole group of people who are so intimidated by the experts just because their personalities <laughs> seem so strong that they'll be like, well, I'm not an expert. I don't know. Uh. And then they question even making any ideas of their own at all. It's true. So when you have a whole bunch of logically entitled people going around, pushing their will on everybody else, then you have some people who just like, feel like I must know nothing. And they but, just get sucked but see, in. then they're, those people are entitled to the whims of the logical experts. Oh, yeah. They've got their scapegoat. They can be like, well, they said, well, they did, you know, mm -hmm. and, they, and they just follow along. They're like, well, I need an expert. So that's why everybody needs an expert now. Either you are one or you need one. That's where everybody's at in society today, because if you don't have an expert, then you know, you can't have that same logical clout that you want to have. Right. You know, then you seem there, insignificant and insufficient. There are some people who, um, there was a person who contacted me one time and she's like, Whoa, Nicolene, I love your book. Such great content, you know, but there's, you know, some typos and stuff. Oh, granted, my first book, let me tell you, especially the first edition, there were a few issues. Yeah, but it, anyway, it had issues. <laughs> I mean, I, I never planned on being an author, you know, it was yeah. just like, here you go. People want this. Okay, fine. Here's the info. Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, she, she's like, it has a few, you know, like edits that it needs. And, and she's like, and you don't have a PhD. And, and if you don't have a P, I can't, wow. if you don't have a PhD and if this has a few typos and things, I, I'm so sorry. I love your stuff so much. I'm going to use it, but I can't refer it to my friends. That's what she said. <laughs> and I was like, well, I don't know whether to feel super sad for this lady or, you know, or, I, or what I thought <laughs> that is so sad. That is so sad that she felt like if I wasn't, if I didn't have the right credential, if I didn't have a PhD in this, then for some reason, I didn't have any experience, even though I had taken in tons of children into my home and done the treatment. Well, it could on also them. be that because you didn't have those credentials and maybe because of who she was, she didn't want to recommend it because then it would look poorly on her choice in it's literature. Very, it's very possible. 
very possible because her because her email did have a certain university name at the back of it in the domain. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, oh man, that's hard, man. That 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 logical bit there. Okay. <laughs> I love logic. Love it. And you can't have self-government without engaging your logic entirely. So super important. But we absolutely have to make sure not to be entitled with our ideas, but we have to stay open-minded. Yeah, open-minded. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we have to be able to listen and understand people. If we do not do that with our children, they will close off to us. Mm-hmm. If we don't do that with our spouses, they close off to us. It creates distance, division, and war. If people feel like they are the only ones who are right and they mm-hmm. can't ever understand anybody else. So, okay. So let's move on. We, we talked about us, the stuff. Okay. Stuff. The logical stuff. I mean, the entitlement <laughs> of stuff. Two stuff. Yes. And then we talked about logical entitlement, but you mentioned before emotional entitlement and this one's huge right now. I and mean, it's in- one that like, I think it's something that people can't really put their finger on, but they see mm-hmm. it and they sense it, but they don't know what it is. Right. Right. So because, because here's the thing is so many people are suffering in so many ways. And this is a real true thing. You know, I look around me and I think there are so many things going on in the world. There are so many things that people are dealing with and it's just so hard to see them struggling through so many hardships, you know? And so I see that and I see abuse and I see addiction and I see, you know, families crumbling and falling apart and people dealing with so many things. But the sad thing is I don't see as much rallying as, as I've seen even not too long ago. You know, um, I see some people, they have a hardship and that's all they can talk about. They literally, it's like, you know, been a few years and they're still going on about it. And I'm not saying that's everybody because I think the human, like most of us, the human part of us is like, okay, we've got to rally. We've got to overcome. We can't let this take us down. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that what all the inspiring movies are about when it's like the hero overcame? I mean, that's the whole point, right? Right. Um, and so. But it usually shows that they go through these big emotional either dumps or experiences to be able to realize, oh, I guess I don't really need to do that. Ah, okay. So, so this is the difference in new movies versus old movies, even from like eight or 10 years ago, big difference. So now we're seeing movies that are giving these backstories to characters, which, you know, it's like characters from some other movie. They're like, okay, now we're going to give you a backstory and your backstory is going to be fraught with emotion. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and emotional turmoil. Yeah. And you, and like you said, you have to dump it out. And after you dump it out at everybody, then you might look at your life and feel like maybe there's an adjustment that you should make, you know, but not Mm -hmm. until you get the chance to dump that out because there's this entitled feeling like, my, my feelings are supreme. And if I don't let them out, I will be completely stifled and, mm-hmm. and I won't be able to ever move on with my life. And so people do mean things to each other. Yeah. I think a really good example of that is actually the movie Forever Strong um, about the, I guess you could say the stuff entitled rich kid who's on a rugby team and does bad things and has to be sent to a rehab place. And he feels like he's stifled because all these people are so goody two shoes, but they're also super low lives or not low lives, but 
you know, just super humble people and not worth his time. I was going to say not low not life, just compared to him, they <laughs> yeah, weren't, yeah. you know, <laughs> they weren't all that. Yeah. yeah. And so he went through this whole time of being obstinate and defiant to his, you know, his keepers. And after he learns these awesome principles, he's like, my life has been trash. And, he, you know, he, he mm-hmm. took out his anger on a lot of people before that realization came. Mm-hmm. Well, and he felt like he was entitled to just be a jerk. Mm-hmm. That was his emotional entitlement. But if He's you like, realize, I get to be a jerk because because I shouldn't have to be here with you people that aren't as good as me. But if you look at it, his dad is also a jerk. He learned it from his dad. Yeah, and I think that was a great lesson that they put in there in that movie. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah, Forever Strong. That's a fun one. It's one of those inspiring ones. Um, it's he a good does example. get it. Okay, I have to give a, a little caveat. He does get into some drugs and stuff like that. And if you don't like your kids to see drugs and what happens with drugs, then pre watch it. Yeah, and alcohol. Yeah, then pre watch it, you know, pre to make mm-hmm. sure, right? Um, but, you know, but then it shows him going to jail and his whole life's messed up. So it does show the proper cause and effect. So that's a good example of somebody emotionally entitled. I'm also thinking of people who, um, you know, have stress or whatever, and then they just yell at other people, right? And they just download on somebody else and, and just dump all of this mm-hmm. anxiety and stress and emotion on other people. And people can create a habit of that. It can become an addiction. I feel this. I got to let it go. I feel this. I got to like dump it out on somebody. I got to yell it at somebody. They got to know where I'm coming from. And this is emotional entitlement. There actually is not a rule. It's never been written anywhere unless it was just in some person's theory journal in (laughs) psychology class or whatever. But like, there's not a rule that is written in the heavens that says, because you feel an emotion, you must dump it on someone else. No. But there's also a, not a rule that says you have to keep it all inside because that's not helpful either. So no. true. there true. are solutions to that that are found in teaching self-government principles. Yes, let's talk about the solutions. Let's do that because we've talked about how people want their stuff. We want They want to be perfect, like the expert at everything. And mm-hmm. they, they feel like if that they deserve to be treated a certain way and they deserve to have their emotions catered to in a certain way. So now what can they do? I love that. So I think the first thing that jumps out to me is priorities. Okay. That's a big one. Yeah. They've got to recognize. So this is a self-government principle. When a person is self-governed, they look at their priorities and they say, what truly is most important here? When that requires looking ahead. So instead of getting caught up in the emotions of the moment, you know, looking at, so say, you know, you got a child who did something wrong and usually you'd get very, very upset. Instead, you stop, you pause and you say, okay, so what's the real issue here? It's not that they stole something from the fridge. It's that, you know, they're they're not practicing, but they're messing around with, you know, being dishonest. How are we going to fix that? Mm-hmm. So. Well, so maybe instead of, yeah, so you're not reacting, right? Instead, you're trying to look a little bit deeper. What you're lesson analyzing. don't they know? Yeah, they're doing some analysis, which is a huge self-government principle. You can't self-govern without analyzing. That's true. So when you analyze your priorities, hopefully you are able to prioritize, okay, what's more important, self or family? For an entitled person, the priority is self. We already mm-hmm. talked about that, right? 
But if you are not an entitled person, the priority is going to be family or the other people around you. You will not put yourself first all the time. Now, I know some people are like, but wait, 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 wait. And then no one watches out for me. I get dumped on. I get abused. Okay. <laughs> most people's situations are not abusive situations. Okay. Right. And most people are not being walked on like carpets, but some people are. And I'm, I'm aware that that is a case for some people. What, what I'm saying though, is that maybe even then, maybe even if we're in, when you're in that situation, maybe the best thing you can do for your own joy and happiness is to look at other people and smile. Yeah. Instead of thinking about everything that's happening to you, even though if it's that bad, get out, you know, like you have to. Yeah. No, something I've been learning about in one of my classes actually is that the more you focus on the happiness and success of others, the more love you'll actually feel for them. Mm, True. I love that. So if you live for yourself, you're always going to be miserable Mm -hmm. and you're always going to need more, but if you are living so that you can make the world better for others, oh, you will have joy and you will have success. That's like one of the recipes to success that people forget because they feel like they're doing something for themselves and their own dreams and their own whatever. In fact, that is one way that vision boards can take us off. And because sometimes people on their vision boards load all kinds of things on there that are just about what they want for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so then they can get trapped in this mindset of it's about me and what I want. And I haven't gotten my reward yet and my thing and my goal and my, when in reality, your vision board, if somebody's going to do a vision board should be about what kind of impact you can have for others to promote goodness, to do, to do good things. And that's actually another in forever strong. They show an example of that where the whole, because he, he joins this other rugby team that's the arch enemy of his original rugby team. And this new rugby team, they go to the hospital and they play with kids who have cancer and they go and make them happy and they plant trees and they do all these things. And this kid who's going through rehab, he's like, this is stupid. This is so dumb. He thought and then it changed him. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. he decided to just go for it. And he's like, oh, my gosh, when I so care true. about other people, I am happier. I love that. You must have just watched that show. Is it I so have, fresh? No, I didn't. It, it just, just came, came to, to mind. Your mind. I love yeah. that. I'm like, that is, I haven't seen I'm that I'm probably going to watch it soon though. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I need to go watch that show. I haven't seen it for a long time. Okay. So let's talk about what else. We've already talked about one of the things is open, deliberate communication. Mm-hmm. So open communication, being open-minded. Open-minded doesn't mean that you're going to tell everybody that they're their own experts. No, it just means that you're not going to criticize someone else for their beliefs or for what they think is right, but you're going to hold on to what you know to be true. And you're going to be willing to hear what other people have to say, take what truth they have, add it to your own and then say, Oh, you know, I, that's interesting that you feel that way. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I love that you mentioned this, you know, I'm not really on board with this, but you know, I'm, I'm glad that's good to know where you're coming from. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Good to know where you're coming from. So good, deliberate communication where you describe things instead of react to things. That's going to be super helpful for Mm -hmm. a person, especially who's emotionally entitled. That's going to be a big one. And when you're trying to help a person who's logically entitled, you've got to describe more. You've got to be open. You got to be deliberate in the way that you talk to them. It's going to help them be able to see, because I'm, I'm especially thinking here, okay, we've got parents who have children potentially who are struggling with 
with entitlement. Well, we have to parent them. We've got to be very deliberate in our communication. It's got to be open and easy to understand, which, which does mean it's got to be non-emotional too. Like that's important, except for that it's full of love. Okay. Yeah, that means calmness. you have to be calm. Yep. You beat yeah. me to it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> we always have to get to calmness. It's so important. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay. So, so also, what about say, skill I, skill development? I say, yeah. The one of the main things we teach is the four basic skills, which is learning how to follow instructions. Yeah, learning how to follow instructions. Accept no for an answer. Accept consequences and disagreeing appropriately. These are huge. Okay, if a person knows all four of those skills and they master those, they will not have entitlement issues anymore. It's true. And I seriously, I mean, we could just leave it at that. If we didn't want to talk about priorities, calmness, nothing, <laughs> no honesty, no open communication, we didn't want to talk about anything. We could just say, teach somebody the four basic skills and help them master them, correct them every time, and do it in a way that's calm and loving, but super, you know, firm and deliberate. And boom, a person can learn not to be entitled anymore. It's true. No, I've uh, been watching some friends, kids of mine, you know, a couple times a week these last few weeks, and they they're kind of lax on teaching self government. But um, the mom, she's like, you know, I'm hoping if they spend time with you, they can get a refresher course on some skills. And um, the the girl, she's six years old, um, five or six, and she has got those skills down at least the mm -hmm. first two. Like if I ask her to tell me the steps to following instruction. She's got it. And she can tell me right off exactly what they are. And so, especially for her age, you know, I'll pre-teach her and I'll say, okay, I'm going to give you an instruction. And she says, okay, you know, but mm -hmm. she knows it. And so anyone of any age can learn these skills and master them. And it helps so much. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. Um, I know there's lots of people listening who are like, how do we get Paige to come to our house? How do well, we get Paige to watch our kids? <laughs> <laughs> you have to live in Idaho. <laughs> yeah, there you, go. you have I to mean, work there's a proximity problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, but um, I charged X amount per hour. I'm kidding. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love that. I love that. Well, anyway, so these four basic skills. So let's just talk about a few components of these four basic skills. So these four basic skills teach teach things like how to have a calm face, voice, and body. And that's huge. how to be able to say that you're okay. And be okay. And be okay. Yeah. And, and disagree appropriately with somebody. So if you need to share your opinion, do, but do it in an appropriate way and how to drop the subject. And for an that, entitled person, that's hard. It's huge. It's huge to be able to say, I'm going to just let that go. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to think about that anymore for a person who is struggling with entitlement. Oh, that takes some, that takes some mental fortitude and you know what it takes? It takes practice. So if mom says, no, you can't have a cookie and you learn to drop the subject on the cookie. Then when mom says, no, you can't go to the party, then you can drop the subject on the party. And then finally one day when you get, didn't get the job you want, you can drop the subject on that too. Or the you girl know? you're like, doesn't like you back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Something like that. There's just, there's the things get bigger, you know, uh, yeah, huh? you got, you got to <laughs> practice. You got to practice being With able to stuff. be okay, say, okay, stay calm about it, discuss it. If you need to, in the right way, drop the subjects and to accept when you've done something wrong. Now this really helps those logically entitled people. So <laughs> when you correct them and you say, this is actually what happened. 
you know, you just describe it. No, no emotional reactions. You describe it. This is what happened. This is what you did. Uh, it wasn't a good idea because of this. And this is what you should have done. And now you get the opportunity to earn an extra chore, you know, some negative consequence that builds character. And, and, um, and they learn the skill for how to accept a consequence, which has six steps to it. And, and they're able to just do it and be calm about it, drop the subject about it and everything. They, they then are empowered to take personal responsibility. And most of the time, people who are entitled, in fact, I would say nearly all the time, because of their selfish state, they're not taking personal responsibility. It's true. And so this is enormous. If a person can learn to accept their own consequences for their actions, then they can start seeing themselves in a, with a full picture instead of this strange, grandiose thing that sometimes we can get trapped into viewing <laughs> ourselves like. Yeah. Well, anyway. I think one of the other solutions um, and something we already kind of sort of touched on was being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, honest, you know, being honest instead of choosing to manipulate Mm -hmm. because actually sometimes we even manipulate ourselves because we want everything to be about us and we feel like and and we even tell ourselves you know to like not care about what somebody else says I mean there's some people who like really you know pride themselves well I just don't care I don't care. Well, that's just really great that you... But you do care, which is why you're mad, which is why you're telling yourself you don't care. <laughs> Potentially. And maybe someone really doesn't care. But at the end of the day, where's the line between that being a strength and a weakness? Because there is a line there. And maybe that's something we'll have to talk about at another time. Where's the healthiness of not caring? And when does it hit the, hit the line where it's unhealthy all of a sudden? Because there, there's a line that we can cross over anyway. Um, but yeah, so the honest person says to themselves, this is important. Who am I in this situation? What skills do I have? What am I not remembering? Or what do I need to focus on? And they take full responsibility, but somebody who's a manipulator, who's not honest instead they start pointing out what other people are doing and blaming other people. And you know that this happens, you know, when somebody's in this situation, because when you're trying to solve the problem, they start saying, yeah, but they, blah, 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 blah. and there's always some other person, you know, always pointing at, at someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So that honesty is so big. You cannot self-govern without being honest with yourself and with others. And for some people, that's the biggest hurdle mm-hmm. yeah. because they're, they're used to not being honest and to finding the excuses instead. Okay, so finally, finally, and, and this is, this one's huge. This is a big, big component of learning to, to master yourself and have self-government. And that is calmness and having a calmness skill set. So there's a skill set that we teach and it's a six step process for how to be calm when somebody else isn't. Which can be really, really hard. Yeah, and how to help them find their calmness, too, without losing yours at the same time. Which makes so, things easier. <laughs> yes, major, <laughs> major. Anyways, so calmness is this incredibly secure place. When a person is calm, they're not passive. They're incredibly active, actually. They're super assertive. And they are taking deliberate action in order to maintain their ability to think, to influence, to feel love and connection, to, to problem solve. 
they're, they're deciding on purpose to be okay, no matter what. And that's a huge thing to master. In fact, for most people, that's the hardest thing that they have to master is that calmness mm-hmm. part of the skills and, and how to correct your children calmly and not fall into those old habits. Well, and if you think about it, calmness is the presence of patience. Anger yeah. is when patience is not present. Yeah, patience. You know, I've recently been very motivated to do a study on patience, and maybe we'll have to talk about that sometime too, because I'm starting to work on uh, studying that. Give me a few weeks, and we'll have some fun stuff to talk about patience, because you're right, Paige. I love that attachment. That is a great connection, calmness to patience. That's great. Wonderful. So here's the deal. I have a free gift for you, because I can't do a whole and class. And it's a big on- gift. It is a big gift, actually. So if you're listening to this, um, and I should have told people at the beginning I had a free gift. No, that was a surprise. I guess. Okay. (laughs) So if you stayed all the way to the end, here's your gift. There is on my website a Calm Parenting Toolkit. And right now it's for free. So go to the website to the Calm Parenting Toolkit. It's a course. It's a, it's a small course. It won't take you too long, but it's not like too small either. You're going to get a bunch out of it. And people are just raving the Calm Parenting Toolkit. And I would like you to have it for free because that is one of the biggest things that we can do to overcome the entitlement issues that we are facing. Because that's what we're doing with this is we're just trying to help everyone as best we can to overcome those things that are getting in the way of relationships. Yeah. And we're not perfect. You know, we're not perfect, but we know what we're working on Mm -hmm. and we know what we've been working on for years. And so anything that we can share to help people along the way, all the better. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. Oh, thank you so much for joining (laughs) us for almost everything about entitlement. As you see, we probably could have gone on longer, but, um, but I think that's enough. You know, sometimes it's as good as it's as good as we need to do for right now. And that's where we're at. Go do your own studies. There you go. Go to and go to <laughs> teachingselfgovernment.com. If you go to teachingselfgovernment.com, there's a lot of resources there to help you with your own self-government and to help you learn some of these skills and principles that we have been talking about to improve yourself and to improve your family. Anyway, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.